What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. I feel like that's a fair thing to ask, you know? I think it is fair because most people think of the twins when they think of Olsen. It's you just, could be related to I one. I could be related. You know? And before, I, when I was younger, I was super blonde. <laughs> and so people were always asking me if I was related. And yeah. honestly, I would love to be related only because it's a good story. Well, now they look like they're 57. Not that there's they anything wrong really that you're bad. 57, but they should be not looking the way they no, look. No, we're not shaming people who are old. But they look, it's not even old, they look sick. They actually yeah. look really, really sick. They look like they had too much filler in their face. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not related to the Olsen twins. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to us. Um, I'm your host, Jeff Perla, and I am here with Spencer Olsen, and he is... How would you describe your job? Explain this to me. Yeah, so the formal position is case manager. So I do mostly case management, and then I'm also doing counseling, Um, I have a limited permit for creative arts therapy Mm -hmm. and so I have to do 1500 hours before I can actually be licensed. So I'm doing my So you're in the process of that. Yes, exactly. And then what organization do you work with? Hetrick Martin Institute, which is um, near NYU and it's the nation's largest LGBTQ um, organization that focuses on supporting youth. So we support youth 13 to 24. Oh, Okay. To 24? Yeah, to 24. So you can be there until you turn 25. And the day you turn 25, you can no longer come. But that's our definition of youth, which is pretty, I feel like... I mean, that's awesome because I feel like realistically, most people who are eight years old are probably not experimenting, right? Yeah. So I figure by the time you're like 13, you're like, okay, like, I need to go talk to someone, essentially. Exactly. Or you need a space where you can talk to people who are like you if you don't have that and yes. in new york city you have that more more often than you would in a suburb or you know in another in, an, in other states i feel like it's less likely that you'd know people who are like you or you'd be comfortable yeah. talking to them but still in new york city it's great to have a place where you can just call it your own and you can be yourself without parents or guardians or at the age of 13 family. though yes. Yes. <laughs> okay so yes. i have to ask you so yeah. Hattrick Martin Institute is the institute we're referring to you work at. Yes. How long have you worked there? I've only worked there since September because I graduated last May. Wait, how old are you? 24. Wow. So, so you're like go, still so I in? I there myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very cool. So like what made you want to be involved in like this specific organization? So I, I've always wanted to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's something that's really important to me. And when I started grad school, they asked us what population we wanted to work with. And I was thinking, you know, the, who I relate to, who I feel, you know, most excited to, to work with. And for me, um, you know, I could have really benefited from having somebody like me, a therapist who identifies as queer or trans, yeah. who understood me. And I never had that growing up. So I thought like, you know, I love working with youth and maybe I could just do the work with, you know, queer and trans youth who are looking to navigate their lives and mm-hmm. to figure stuff out and to just, you know, be with. Do you think that like, so this is obviously not just a New York based institute, right? It is. Oh, it so is. It's only in New York. And then there's a New Jersey HMI, um, which is a much smaller institute. So it's only New York, New Jersey. 
decade. I have to say, I feel like having this institute is obviously a phenomenal thing, but I feel like living in New York of all places, right? I feel like people are more open and accepting where I feel like things like this should be in Ohio, for example, right? Because like, who do those people have anyone to turn to, you know? Yeah, yeah. You would think that there would be institutes like this in other states, and yet I think it's actually rare. And that might be because, I mean, for many reasons, but it might be because if you have people that are closed-minded, then they're not thinking about, you know... Opening, this is what opening a need. place like this, yeah. yeah. Um, and in New York, it's surprising to actually hear stories from youth who, you know, whose parents have kicked them out, whose parents have told them that, you know, this is a phase, that this isn't okay. Um, yeah, it's really shocking, I think. And I, f- and I feel like we don't really think about it. Like, if you're older and you're coming to New York, and yeah. you're like 23 and you've already accepted your queerness. Well, I feel like it's mostly we all have, I guess you could say, run away, right? Yeah. So, like, I came from Syracuse, you came from Ohio, correct? Yes, yes. So, I feel like we all ran away to come to this safe haven, but there's obviously people who are still here who don't come from accepting families, no matter, like, what city you live in. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, would you say you personally struggled as a child, like, growing up where you did? Yeah, I think... I, my father is really conservative mm-hmm. and my mom is not so conservative, but, you know, like living with my father, she sort of, she sort of just sides with him as a default. And so I think that growing up, it was really hard to actually like see beyond judgments made. Um, there were a lot of stereotypes, a lot of assumptions made about people. And that was, it was very vocal. They were very vocal about that. Um, and so it made me afraid to even speak up. So yeah. when I started to think about who I liked and, oh, I had these, you know, questions about, you know, my feelings for other guys in middle school. That was really hard because I felt like I couldn't actually say anything about it. And I didn't feel like at that time I had friends who would understand or not even that. I didn't know if they even knew yeah. what I was talking about. Like, they probably that was a huge it. risk. Yeah. 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 No, I can relate to that too. I feel like when you were growing up, it was more like you're looking at the TV or you're looking at like things and I never was like oh I relate to this guy you know what I mean because I feel like my favorite show growing up was Big Brother right (laughs) and I feel like every single season they always pick like a token gay Mm -hmm. and the token gay is the one who like starts the most drama the one who like is like super flamboyant high energy blah 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 and it's like I never viewed myself as that so I was like okay like does this happen to you once you come out as gay you know what I mean like I was like I don't want that to be me, or I don't want to be associated with this, essentially, you know? Yeah. Which I think is a good thing now that I feel like there's a lot of representation out in the world, but growing up, for at least us, you know, it's a struggle. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to even think about the first person in, like, in me, in the media who was gay that I could recognize. Yeah, like, like when I, you were growing up, is there anyone that you would, like, idolize being like, wow... I want to be, like, blank. <laughs> no, like, I literally had to, like, use my family computer to, like, go on, like, gay chat sites. Oh, my and, God, like, I did the same thing. And I got in trouble. My dad <laughs> saw my dad saw me, and he found out, and he was like, don't tell your mom this, and, like, don't ever do this again. And I Wait, like, how old were you? I was, like, in seventh grade. Like, oh, my God, your dad I, knew that already? Yeah, I was, like, what? I told him I was downloading songs on my iPod, and I was really, like on this like video chat website yeah um so i felt like so i feel like that's really the the that was like my way of 
finding out what it meant to be gay. Like, I, yeah. like, I couldn't see people. And now you have, like, Billy Porter and you have, like, Matt Bomer. And so there's people, there's young people who can, like, look up and see these people who are, like, very prominent. And I feel like there's so many different types of gay men, right? Yeah. So there's, like, variations on social media and television now. So it's worth it to, like, I guess... In your position, like, as a therapist and talking with these kids who are between the ages of 13 and 24, Mm -hmm. do you think, like, what are some of the things they struggle with? Because I feel like when we were growing up, there wasn't that representation, Mm -hmm. which I think would have been more helpful to cope with, where I feel like now that there is that representation and I feel like it is more talked about and now states are starting to, like, pass laws that they have to learn about Mm -hmm. LGBTQ history in schools um, like what are some of the things that like young people today struggle with when they're dealing with their self identity? Yeah. I mean, I think that even though, I think that even though there's representation in media, um, there's still a lot of challenges of, of being queer or trans and, you know, and growing up. Um, so for a lot of them, they don't have, they, they're really incredible and in coming into the space and being themselves, wearing what they want to wear, acting the way that they want to act and like really having the friends that make them feel safe and comfortable and mm-hmm. happy. And also then they're having to navigate family relationships. I feel like even for people who have like really accepting parents, there's still a lot of conversations about like, what does it mean that you're queer, that you're trans? Like, um, even my, you know, close family who accept me, there's still, you know, oh, what do you mean? Like you're queer? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, what is it? How, how are you gay in New York? What do you do? Like, what do gay men do? So I feel like for people that, you know, are growing up, they're having this pressure of answering a lot of questions about their identity. Um, and they feel like they have to defend themselves to their parents, to their friends, to people at school. Um, so they come to us and they feel really safe, but then they go back to school and maybe it's not so safe. Um, so that, and then I also think that there's just a lot of, of questions about how to be independent in a city mm-hmm. like New York that's so expensive. Yeah. has so many barriers to being independent. How do you really set yourself up for success? And how do you have a job if you're trans and you can't tell your, your employer that? How do you, you know, get insurance so that you can, you know, go and get prep or you can go and, you know, get your, you know, routine exams done? So I think that's a huge concern. It's like this fear of if I'm gay, if I'm trans, if I'm, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. how do I really set myself up for success? And... Well, I also think, like, as parents, they probably don't know. Like, imagine if, like, we're gay, obviously, so, like, we understand the culture. But, like, as, like, a straight parent, if, like, let's say their child went up to them at, like, 15 and was like, hey, like, I think I want to transition. I feel like I'm in the wrong body. I feel like a straight parent wouldn't understand how to take that, you know, which is not healthy (laughs) they wouldn't understand how to take it and on and honestly i can understand like you know of of parents who didn't grow up with you know pride parades and with all the advertisements and you know sort of exploitation of media yeah so i can understand and also you know they there's a point where parents need to really just be accepting and have these hard conversations and that's really tough um, so that's, that's often why they come to us and why they need a therapist to, to get support in yeah. navigating those conversations. Do you actually, so do you actually like keep in touch with people as they like grow up essentially, you know, like let's say yeah. this one person turns 25, they're no longer at the Institute. Uh huh. Like, do you guys keep in touch with like your, 
members, so, clients, yeah. I guess, however you... Yeah, they're members. Members, um, yeah. I just started, so I not personally. However, I, a lot of the people who have been there for a while, mm-hmm. you know, keep in touch through social media with with you know members and there's a lot of opportunities for members to come back we have some events where they're allowed to come back and then a lot of volunteer opportunities after two years they can apply for a job so we have tons of people on staff who were members themselves that's awesome and so we try to provide as many opportunities for them to come back and for them to be a part of the other side of it which is you know to be a staff member to create programs um for youth so i think that there's a lot of ways that hmi keeps in touch with with youth um and for so many of the youth they're they're really becoming you know like incredible people after after they turn 25 after they really yeah you know they've gone the through it. who they are yeah. yeah do you think that so let's say somebody's having like a hard time with their family right okay. do you guys actually like take in some of the members so they have like a place to stay if like let's say they get disowned from uh-huh. their parents at 16 uh-huh. do they then get a place to stay from HMI? So HMI doesn't have space for people to live. However, mm-hmm. we have a housing case manager and she is somebody who has done housing work in New York City for a long time. And so she has a really great um, sense of where people can go and she has great relationships. So what we do is if somebody comes to us and they were kicked out that day, there's emergency emergency shelters in New York City where people can go. And if you're a youth and you're under 18, um, the city has to take care of you. They're legally required to take care of you because you're under 18. If you're over 18, it's a bit different. There's still places you can stay. Um, with that being said, New York City has so many people that need housing. So there's a huge crisis and that's a major problem and what we need to be thinking about is how we can create more shelters more spaces for people to stay um because we well, have it's so a lot expensive of, here alone that, yeah like yeah it's hard like it's to get on your feet for, you know us to yeah. have an apartment and so that's the fear and what happens is a lot of youth end up sleeping on trains i mean i was coming home from a workout class last week and i get on the train and i see one of you know, our youth sleeping on the train, um, covered up. And so that's really hard that's because rough. that's the reality for many of, many of the people that come to HMI. And then in those situations, do you, is it like allowed, I guess, to be like, Hey, come crash at my apartment for the night? Or is that kind of like against? It's again, yeah, it's definitely against policy just because even when we're working with youth and we're you know, trying to build relationships, we do have to keep some boundaries. Um, what I could have done if he would have seen me, which he didn't, is I could have offered to walk him to one of the shelters that I know, and yeah. I could have maybe tried to work with somebody there to just get him a place to stay. Um, there's a bunch of, like, open spaces where there aren't beds, but people can just, you know, be in those spaces throughout the night and take showers and whatnot. So I could have done that. Um, couldn't have taken him back to my apartment, and, you know, that would be a huge... sort of a huge burden, I feel. like. Yeah not a burden but you know i i'm already giving so much of myself in other ways throughout the day so it is you know there is there's like an emotional yeah yeah um yeah but he didn't see me so that's wild that's actually awful that far yeah um so what kind of events do you guys host at hmi like are they like cute mingles because obviously it's not like they're really drinking right so i mean yeah, yeah. So, th- in all of the via- in the events, um, there's actually a coalition that's led by a past youth 
um, and I'm a staff member, and the coalition is trying to encourage youth to have fun without alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know that most of our youth experiment with drugs and alcohol outside, and that's okay. However, we do want to encourage You don't spaces. want to, like, promote it, essentially. Yeah, we don't want to promote it, and we want to encourage people to be able to have fun without it, um, even if it's just for a few hours. So we have these coalition events, like, next week we're having a Valentine's Day event, and it's all about, like, self-love. So we're trying to really get people to love themselves, because... We know that people, you know, engage with other people and have relationships and have sex and that's okay. Um, but for a lot of these people, they really need to be reminded that they come before other you people. You have to take care of yourself yeah. at the end of the day. And if you can't take care of yourself, then how are you going to, you know, how are you going to love anybody else? How are you going to, you know, RuPaul's famous phrase. Um, so I think those events are really fun and we have those every month. And then we also do like larger events. So this past Saturday we did the annual HMI Awards Ball, which mm-hmm. is when a bunch of houses come from the ball scene and they all compete. Um, so if you've seen, Wait, that's so so if you've seen Pose, yeah. then you know, a lot of our youth and staff have been a part of Pose. They've been consulted. They've been on screen. That's so um, fun. So we did that this past Saturday, and that's an annual event. So we, ha- we try to have events outside of HMI and then also within, um, and alum can come to those events. So we see a lot of people. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if somebody wants to donate to this organization yeah. or things like that, where can they go? You can go to hmi.org and there's information on the homepage about donating. Um, you can also just donate your time. We are always in need of volunteers. Every day we serve a hot meal at 5 p.m. And so we always have um, people serving dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Marty on your show. Yes, and love Marty. Marty is somebody who comes and volunteers for dinner very often. Um, so we're always needing volunteers. Even some of these bigger events, like the awards ball, we um, rely on volunteers because we don't have enough staff for huge events where mm-hmm. we have 500 plus people. So you can volunteer money or just time. And we also need pantry products. So we have a pantry where people can get clothes, toiletries, they take a shower, they do their laundry. So we're also always looking for partnerships where... You know, people can donate deodorant and some of the essentials that we take for granted. But for these youth, they really, you know, they need places where they can grab these, these items. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is a lot. A lot. Phenomenal job. So good for you. <laughs> I mean, definitely something I should be more involved in, to say the least. You're involved right now. I you am space for, for spreading us. the word. Yes. For both of us. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to switch this up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so like, as Spencer mentioned, um, HMI is a very important organization. So if you would like to donate, you can please go donate either money or your time. Um, now, Spencer, I'm going to switch this a little bit and get to know you um, on a okay. personal level. Okay. Um, hope you have some stories. So I usually, I'm sure you've listened to my podcast before. Yes. I usually like to play some kind of like fucked up games <laughs> just to like <laughs> make you feel uncomfortable. Good. Um, so this game we're going to play is you only have 60 seconds to share a story based on a word I say. Okay. So I'm going to say a word, share a personal story about your life that has to do with this word. Okay. Ready. Ready. Okay, the first one mm-hmm. is called Uncut. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so I had never had sex with anybody who was uncut for, like, ever and ever. Mm-hmm. And then two years ago, um, 
I met my partner on on a dating app and um he was uncut and I was actually a little bit terrified because I had heard from like, the visuals no because I'd heard horror stories like, like <laughs> he said he was uncut and I'd heard like horror stories about like people who are uncut and I had this like horrible nightmare about it the day before I met him mm-hmm. um it's not that scary um it's great now but I was terrified of uncut people for a long time okay so that's my story it's not really a story it's just a reflection um okay now it's your turn. Uncut oh, 60 seconds. Um, Go. Okay. Um, uncut. <laughs> um, okay, this got took a turn really fast. Um, yeah, well, it's supposed okay, to make so, uncomfortable. Un- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uncut. I mean, okay, so I guess first thing that comes to mind is I feel like I give better blowjobs when someone is uncut. Like, I feel like I have more to work with for some reason. I feel like what? I have, like, really good, like, form. When someone's uncut, and maybe it's also because, like, they are more theatrical, I guess you could say, so it feels better for them. So I feel like I'm doing a better job, you know what I mean, because of their reactions. Um, But I would say at this point, especially from, like, traveling, I feel like I probably see, like, 50-50. Like, 50% of the people I hook up with are uncut and 50% are actually cut. Where I feel like at this point, I don't really think I have a preference. I just think that, like... You get what you get, and I'm, like, cool with it as long as... I'm more about a rhythm guy as opposed to, like, the visual. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Next, we are going to have the word fetish. Okay. Um, Okay. When I used to live in Chicago, I would get, like, several several requests about um, sending feet pictures, Mm. and that always confused me like I never understood it um I still don't understand it but that did open me up to thinking about fetishes and so I discovered that my fetish is being choked okay which I find is complicated because some people are really really against choking I Um, feel like you just have to be comfortable with the person like I probably wouldn't let like a random hookup on a night I met out choke me but like if I had a boyfriend and like we were just fooling around why not yeah right I definitely love to be choked um by my partner, but it's still complicated, and so yeah, you gotta have like I think your it safe opens word. up a lot of conversations about safety yeah. and sex, which has been interesting for me. Interesting, yeah. Um. Okay. So okay. my fetish, I would say, I've definitely done the weirdest things. Um. Like I had one guy want me to give him a hand job, essentially with my feet. Oh my! Um, which was really interesting, and it was a phenomenal ab workout. I have to say. So. He just, like, loved it. And so, like, I literally, like, just clenched my toes around his um, shaft and just pretty much, like, moved my legs like this while I was... It was really a time I personally wasn't into it. But it's really interesting watching people get so turned on from, like, things. Yeah, I'm really fascinated Um, by how people come to these. Yeah. Like, how did you gain this foot fetish? Where did you see this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my one friend, she actually made an OnlyFans account for her feet. Because, like, it's so many people, so... like, want her feet and, like, wow. pictures and weird shit. So, like, well, I shouldn't say it's weird. It's just No, different. it's not weird. I yeah. mean, I make judgments about it, and then I'm, and then I'm like, just so surprised by all the people that are into actually it. Actually into yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. I can't make judgments about it. I mean, I love when people massage my feet. Yeah, yeah. So, like, thanks. Yeah, not a <laughs> fetish, probably. Yeah, no, I don't think... I don't think 
if I had to think of a fetish for myself that I was into, I don't think I have one. Yeah, you're just open to exploring. Yeah, exploring. I'm just, like, down for whatever, but, like, no, I'm not it's into... Amazing. Like, I, I don't, like, crave someone to tie me up or, yeah. like, someone's foot in my mouth yeah. or, like, yeah. nothing. And I it guess. probably depends on the person. Yeah, okay. 100%. Maybe maybe I'll explore more once I meet my husband one day, you know? I think it's actually... Yeah, I think it definitely helps to have, like, a consistent partner. Yeah. Like, I've been able to think more about experimenting, and that's all about comfort. Like, if I'm, yeah. when I hooked up with people, that was, like not the place and time for it yeah no you're I not just gonna just like specific... randomly invite someone over and be like hey i know we just met but like do you mind like tying me up and then yeah and that actually terrifies yeah me. and then before you know it your wallet's gone before you know it it's like the cat documentary <laughs> dude that was a lot it was a lot but, but it was great that actually makes me nervous. highly suggest if you would like to watch don't fuck with cats on netflix it's really just good. be prepared it's very visual very visual but like what's okay, our warning okay next one um, let's talk about gay spectations. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can think of a very, very vivid moment when I was in Chicago and I was like maybe 150 pounds more, like I weighed 150 pounds more than right now. And I was very overweight and somebody on this dating app asked me to come over and I went over and then they called me a fat pig in my face. Um, and that happened multiple times, not with those specific words, but in other ways. And it really made me think about all of the expectations to be really fit, Shit. to go to the gym every day. So I, at one point, I would try to go to the gym every single day. And, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like my thing, and I really wasn't having fun at the gym. I mean, and I was just more angry than yeah. I was like motivated to work out. Um, I also think the first two months are so hard because like you expect immediate results. You're like, why am I waking up yes. to do this? I'm working yes. so hard. I don't see a difference. Like it's, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard to like, yeah. get into it. And I eventually did. Um, but for other reasons, I felt yeah. like I felt like that wasn't the time to work out. It was the time to like focus on everything that had to do with me and my, like how I viewed myself. But I think that's still true today. Like you see people, you know, you see a lot of gay influencers um like working out or like sponsoring certain yeah you know brands that are focused on healthy living and i think that that can be great and it can also you know be detrimental this idea that you have to yeah you have to have abs or you have to um you know go to the gym every day and you well i'll to. say like even for me though yeah. like I'm not being whatever on social media yeah but i it's it's definitely like a struggle because like when you go to these things or you're trying to get hired for a job uh-huh. or like whatever like i've obviously been told like jeff you need to get in better shape and i'm just like what like, which is crazy and it's like they want you to be so perfect and like i've worked with different speedo brands and underwear brands and yeah. dating apps and whatever and like i've literally been told like jeff you need to like they they try to, like, give you these diets, essentially, to, like, mm-hmm. try to be so in shape. And it's kind of misleading for me because I feel like on my page, I try to be very, like, body positive. You know what I mean? Where, like, I literally push people. Like, I'll literally go on a dating app and be like, will you do a butt picture? Because let's be honest, bigger people are not messaging me their butt picture being like, hey, can you post me? Right. Yeah, and I think that I feel probably, like I have to go yeah. find them, or like I'm on the beach and I'm like, hey, will you do this? Or I'm at a bar, I'm like, hey, will you do this? Yeah, and then I would say like even fifty percent of the time they'll say yes to my face, 
But then when the time comes to like actually meet up and do the photo, yeah. they either like get self-conscious or they're like, oh, I just said that when I was drunk, like I really don't want to, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I feel like that's even hard to convince people of all body types to feel comfortable, like yeah. talking about themselves, showcasing their life and just being like overall confident, you know? Yeah. And it goes so, back to representation. When we yeah. see gay people in the media, we often see people who fit a certain a certain look. So I think also our goal is to expand that. Yeah. To have people in all shapes and sizes really feeling comfortable. Yeah. Like I feel like I should probably do a better job because I feel like I obviously cave in that sense where I actually do really care and I try really hard. I uh-huh. do go to the gym. I do work out my butt all the time uh-huh. because like I feel like how can the traveling bum not have a good butt, you know? Um, and at the same time? Yeah. If, and then, if you didn't go to the gym for a week, it would be okay. Yes, right? which is bound which to I'm happen sure happens soon. Yes. at some point. Yeah. I will be traveling, so yes. Okay, okay next wow. one. Yeah, that was longer Sorry, than was, 60 seconds, I but I feel like we had things to say, we so did. it's fine. Yeah. Okay, next one. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the word whole. Oh my god. Um I don't I'm I'm very triggered by this word as somebody who <laughs> who <laughs> mostly bottoms and has irritable bowel syndrome. So I okay. feel like I feel like there's a lot of work involved for me in in bottoming and that mm-hmm. can be a challenge because if I go home after work and my partner wants to have sex, I'm like you know, you're like, like I just got home. It's going to be like an hour process. I'm yeah. exhausted. So that's frustrating to me. And I've always been frustrated by that. Cause I feel like the, the, the image in like porn, for example, is like, you're ready at the drop of a moment. Yeah. Like some guys oh, mowing like, his front lawn yes, and just and shoves him yes. in. Sweaty. Just like ring yeah. the doorbell and you're ready. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I could be ready. <laughs> yeah. Just knocking on a door. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel, yeah. I, I will I don't say. I answered your question. Do but. you? Yeah, I mean that's a story. Uh, <laughs> do you have a whole picture of yourself in your phone? Be honest. Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't, but I do. I but it's something where like I've been traveling a lot. My partner's been traveling a lot, so yeah. I've so you like to, send the cute I've turned photos. to taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, do you actually find a guy's whole attractive? I think only if it's like very clean and pristine yeah i think i'm more attracted to like butt cheeks yeah yeah where like i'm not into like the whole holes like i feel like there's people who want to just like look at it and i'm like i don't no i don't don't look at it but i'm like like, intrigued by it and yeah yeah okay so my answer with the word hole yes um i would say i personally this is just like my personal preference yeah like, I like to keep mine very clean. Okay. So, like, I've been getting laser hair removal for, like, yeah, I saw that six months. Day. Like, it fucking kills. But, like, wow. I don't have to shave. Like, it just, like, yeah. makes me feel better. Also, like, my farts are so loud, which I think is funny as fuck. <laughs> like, it's because so weird. Because there's no because hair. Because there's no hair. So, it's just, like, wow. I feel like it's so funny. Um, But, like, definitely... <laughs> I'm personally not into You're seeing happier, someone's whole, but I personally just like myself to be feel like it's like I feel yeah. cleanly yeah. because of that. I Clean guess. and pristine. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not like ready to bottom on command. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody is. I think, though, some people it's easier. Yeah. For me, it's just not. Um, do you bleach? Mm, I feel like if somebody wanted me to, I would think about it, but I yeah. don't think I need to. Okay. Because I asked my laser technician. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just be honest, like, because she obviously does this all day, right? Yeah. So how many holes is she seeing? And I was just like, is mine dark? Because you ever see those people sometimes who, like, kind of look like they have, like, a stained yeah but essentially and she was just like honestly she's like yours is great it's fine it's normal you don't need that and i was like okay cool because i would have like thought about it you know but i don't know what mine really looks like i guess because i don't exactly take whole pictures because that will end up on the internet and like i don't need that for myself you definitely have to be careful yeah okay next one let's talk about dating apps i feel like we've talked about them a lot actually um Mm. I'm trying to think of another. Do you are you and your boyfriend open? No. So you're no longer even on them. No, I haven't been on one in a long time. What but is? I used. I mean, I used to be obsessed with them when I was in Chicago. Yeah. And I think it was a way of like trying to love. I mean, I was trying to get attention and to feel wanted, and that wasn't the answer, obviously. But I used to use them all the time. Um, How do you feel about, like, on a dating app, people who just, like, immediately send you naked pictures with the word hey? I feel like I appreciate them and their, <laughs> and their honesty at just wanting what they want. Um, and also, it like, I don't even know how to respond. I'm like... Yeah. How... I don't know. For me, like, I used to need so much to hook up with somebody. Like, I had to, like, have a conversation, feel like I knew them, which like I feel even, comfortable, yeah, which is yeah. weird, because, like, obviously I didn't even know them, um, even if I felt comfortable. So for me, it was like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, I need something different. But I appreciate people who just want what they want. Well, I feel like when somebody just, like, on the dating app in terms of this, like, yeah. when someone just straight up sends naked pictures, yeah. I'm just kind of like, okay, thank you. And, like, I would maybe want to hook up with them, right? Yeah. But then it's like, what more do I have to look forward to? You know, like, I feel like I've already, like, seen yeah. it and done it there's at that no point. Excitement. Like, there's yeah. no, like, like I love, like, the unboxing, you know? <laughs> like, I love to, like, just go to someone's apartment, make out, kiss, watch a Netflix show, chill, and then, like, see what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I definitely need that, like, that build-up. Yeah. Like, it's not I fun go over to just... It doesn't just happen. Yeah. You have a glass of wine... You talk, you hang out, and then a move is made. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So for everyone listening, Spencer and I are more than just a whole. <laughs> yes. So. We well, are. That one, that one overlapped. Okay, next one. Okay. Let's talk about hair. Hair. Um, I, for me, um, when I think of hair, I think of actually wanting more body hair. Okay. Like, That's I like get... probably the first time I've ever heard someone actually like vocalize and say that to be completely honest i get frustrated when i see like other men with dark hair and it's like very noticeable um are we talking I, like chest hair leg hair art like what everything are we, I think, okay like everything i would just appreciate a darker layer of hair among my body like i've always had this wish for that so i, I don't know yeah for me that's what i think of when i think of so hair. do you get like annoyed when you see guys who just like shave their whole body but they probably could grow hair you're just like what are you doing not annoyed, just jealous. Like, <laughs> you know, I wish I, yeah. Yeah. Because as somebody who's blonde growing up, like. It's like all like, your body hair blonde? Your beard no, is dark-ish, no, it's though. Not, I'm not oh. blonde anymore. Um, but because I was blonde, it's not like it was not as dark as it may, may have been if I was never mm. blonde. 
I don't know. Gotcha. I think this is strange. Are you I'm... into hair, though, I guess? I yeah, should say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am. So I don't, like... So you would prefer a guy to have, like, a hairier natural butt, essentially, or not? Yeah. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. And me and my partner are, like, always telling each other not to shave. They're like, even, long. like, your pubes? Yeah. Wow. Thomas, you are. I mean, I've literally pulled out a hair from my teeth before, and I was pretty grossed out from giving a guy head who had yeah. a bush. I mean, I think that there's a, yeah, I mean, I don't want it to look like somebody's shaved, but I think there is a time when you need to trim. Yeah. Um, especially if that's happening. Yeah, it was And also, gross. if it's, like, with my partner, I don't care. So I think that's true. Like, again, it's yeah. about the, like, when you have somebody and you're committed, there's a level of comfort so you can, like, say something like, hey, you need to trim, like, my Just hair, a little your bit. hair is in my teeth. <laughs> because that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> and it no, does, the hair and in the teeth happen. was, like... Yeah, it was a weird time. Yeah, I don't think that that's good. No, but like there is something to, I will say this, like there's obviously times where I'm like into hair and then there's times when I feel like I'm not into hair. I feel like it comes in waves, right? Okay. Where like if I'm like on the beach and I see a guy who kind of has like hair coming out of his Speedo, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, that's like kind of hot. Okay. You know? But then there's yeah. other times when I like meet a guy and I'm like, oh, I wish he just was like trimmed up. So it depends on your mood. Yeah, I guess it's I'm very mood based. Okay. Also vibe based though. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's people Which is part who like of mood, like the yeah. vibe that somebody gives. Yeah, I guess. Okay, let's do one more. <laughs> okay. Um, why don't we talk about money? Oh my god. Um, I will say I feel like if there was a demographic of people, I personally, especially feeling like in New York, the gays have this like the most money essentially. Where, like, I feel like out of any demographic... New York City, you're saying? Just, like, in general, though. I feel like I've never met a gay guy who doesn't have, like, a lot of money. I don't know if that's because he, like, doesn't have kids or they just have, like, very good jobs. You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like going out here, I never meet anybody that just kind of, like, doesn't have a great job. I don't know. I... Yeah, I mean, I do wonder if it's something about New York City. I think... A lot of, yeah, a lot of gay men I know spend a lot of money, but I wonder if they have a lot of money. Yeah, because I feel like at the end of the day, like, do you have a savings account? Are you paying off your student loans? Like, maybe, maybe secretly gay people don't have a lot of money. They just care more about other people's perceptions. So they flaunt like they have money, but they really don't. Yeah, I mean, I think when I go out... I spend more money than I should be spending. Yeah. So I don't know that I, like, have the money to be, like, <laughs> going to a drag brunch and yeah. buying a lot of drinks, but it happens. Um, yeah, I'm in New York City. I don't want to miss out. So if somebody's yeah. inviting me somewhere, I'm going to go. Yep. I have very bad spending habits. I need to be better. But you're also 24, so, I mean, like, really, what can the world expect from you, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like it doesn't really count. Like, everyone's so in debt from school and everything right now that, like, until you're really 30, I feel like that's when your quote-unquote professional life really, really starts. Yeah. Yeah. I do, yes. But I feel like for right now, it's like you don't want to look back on your 20s and be like, oh, my God, like, I had a 100 grand saved. But then, like, you missed out on all these trips and weekends and things you should have been on because you were concerned about saving money. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. I'd rather spend. Also, I feel like anything could happen. And if I died in four weeks from something 
like yeah. from something just random and unexpected, I wouldn't want to have not enjoyed myself. Yeah. There's so, so many me, places like, to see and do. Yes. So I might as well just do it and, you know, fuck if I have to owe the government money for my loans. I don't, you know. Yeah, the government. Ha- it'll happen when it happens. The U.S. government can fuck off. That's yeah, how I'm going to end this podcast. so much money. We should not <laughs> feel bad that we had to take, you know, anybody taking out loans should not feel bad. That's a setup from this country. Because other yeah. countries are doing it way better. I mean, it, it's really fucked up when I, like, see how much I've paid, essentially. You know what I mean? Because, like, obviously you're paying a shit ton in just interest alone. Yeah, exactly. And it's really disgusting. Wow, we've really... We've, we've really gone 360 and totally... So that's gay movie. culture, everyone. Um, oh, my God. That's where we're... Oh, my God. Well, yeah. well, we were talking about money, okay. But yeah. <laughs> it was like, that was a positive thing about money, we could say that um, at least nowadays there's lots of things you can do for money. Yeah, in any way to make money. I'm a total supporter of people doing yeah. what they have to do to make money. And I don't judge no for anything you do. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Spencer, that's literally all the time we have. Um, thank wow. you so much for coming on. Yeah. I know you, you were. One percent nervous, being like, "What am I signing up for?" Yeah, one percent nervous, ninety nine percent excited because I think what you do is really important, and I think that we need to always be doing what we can to promote every type of story. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Um. So if anybody enjoyed Spencer, where can they find you on Instagram? They can find me at Spencer T Olson. And it's private because I see clients, so I need to have mm. some boundaries. But, so make sure you message him and yeah. be like, hey, Spencer, um, listen to your podcast. Would love to... Yeah, connect, chat, just send a message so I know. Because... Or be involved with HMI. He will help yes. connect you. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, well, see you at the next Drag Brunch, maybe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. This weekend, right? Yes. Okay, yes, probably. And I'll spend money I don't have. <laughs> All right, guys, you can tune in next Monday for another episode of Behind the Bum, where I'll have another guest talking about God knows what. So have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.